hell is up with you, my friend? I hope that you're doing so well. It's September. Um, we just celebrated the fall equinox, and there is a feeling of joy and expectation and change in the air. Um, even while we faced a lot of smoke over here in the Pacific Northwest and along the West Coast, the need to raise a cry for racial justice um, in and around our communities. I, and we are still in the midst of this pandemic. Um, I don't know. I feel a sense of hope and eagerness about what lies ahead. And I hope that this episode might sort of contribute to that. Today's episode is asking what the hell is up with slow fashion, what the hell is up with lifestyle blogging, um, what the hell is up with adorable lesbian YouTubers. Um, yes, I will be featuring um, music by Zahara. She is an amazing Seattle-based artist. Um, I hope that you fall in love with her single, Lip Locked, which just came out today and I'm so honored to be able to feature her amazing new single. Zahara has just this like sexy R&B voice and um, beautiful sound so please go check her out Um, and today's conversation is featuring Juliet Laura. Juliet is a Seattle-based thoughtful lifestyle blogger and wedding photographer. She has a background in art history and photography um, and is going to be discussing her passions of thoughtful lifestyle um, and sustainable fashion. We also kind of talk a little bit about thrift flipping and how one might slow down their lifestyle, slow down their fashion, and consider the ethical ramifications of the way that we purchase our clothing. I really, really enjoyed this conversation with Juliet. When you go to her Instagram, you just see this kind of ethereal, um, dreamy vibe happening along with her girlfriend Liz and their collective YouTube channel also um, is kind of this like beautifully humble, um, yeah, inspiring look into their lives. So I hope that you might enjoy this podcast episode as um, kind of offering some hope for ways that we can instill our lives with sort of simple changes that might have dramatic effects for our communities and our world. And um, I really enjoyed my conversation with her. So um, yeah, I would encourage you to listen with an open heart and um, may you be blessed by this conversation just like I was. Hey, Juliet. Hello. Hi. Um, how's it going? You know, as good as it can be in September of 2020. <laughs> <laughs> right. I was this morning, like I walked to a coffee shop and I don't know what time you woke up, but it was just like a torrential downpour. Yeah. I decided to go for a run in it this morning and like came back drenched. Yeah. And I think it... 
I was telling my housemate, I feel like it just went from like summer, smoke, and like now we're here and I'm just really confused on how we got here. <laughs> totally. It was like high summer, like 90 degrees, and then two weeks of smoke. And now it's fall, like fully fall. But I'm right. not that mad about it because I would rather have like torrential rain than the smoke. <laughs> yeah, we definitely needed it. It's yeah, it's a relief for sure. What's your favorite season? So that's tough. And I, my like best friend would joke that I like have a really hard time picking favorites because it feels so committal to me and my opinions are pretty flexible. So I really think Mm. my favorite season is whatever like the net, like the following season is like, I feel like I'm always looking forward to the next season. So I'm very excited about fall right now, but then I'm a big holiday person. So I'm excited about Christmas, but then once I, I'm, once it's, winter, I know I'll be excited about spring and then summer and then fall. So it's really, I just love all seasons, but my birthday is in the spring. So yeah. Yeah. So you're, you're a bit of like a, I don't know, romantic of like looking ahead to like what's to come and being hopeful about that. (laughs) Yes, totally. Yes. I'm such a romantic and I, yeah, I just like romanticize every season for sure. Yeah. I mean, might as well, like Each of them have, like, a lot of beauty to offer. (laughs) Totally. Well, um, Juliet, can I ask you to introduce yourself? Um, What pronouns do you use um, and, like, kind of where are you from? Yeah, of course. So my name is Juliet. My pronouns are she, her. Um, I'm from New England. I grew up in the state of Maine, and then I went to college in Boston um, at Emanuel College for fine art, like focusing in um, art history and photography. And then I just moved to Seattle about two years ago. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I have such like a, um, I have a romanticized view of the East Coast, I think. It just sounds <laughs> really lovely to me. Um, what it brought you is, here? Yeah. Um, so I have a lot of family here. And then Boston is such a college town. Um And after I graduated, I lived there for a couple of years, but it just still felt like I couldn't grow any further than I had in my career and wanted to change. I've got some family in Seattle. My older brother lives here. um, So I just made the leap and moved here. That's awesome. Um, Does it feel like quite different as a city from Boston to you? The size is very similar. Um, There's a better access to nature and parks in Seattle, which I love. Um, But overall, I'd say they're actually pretty similar. I do miss the history and the architecture in Boston. Um, I like love that architecture. And I feel like in Seattle, it's a lot of like cardboard box looking buildings. And yeah, yeah. don't love that part, but I love the nature here and the people are really great. Absolutely. Yeah, I could I could see that with um just the East Coast having kind of more like older architecture. Yeah, totally. Um so I also wanted to ask you about your sun sign because I feel like you and Liz are like <laughs> pretty like in the know on that. Liz, my girlfriend Liz, is a genius when it comes to astrology. She's very cool. Um, on our first date, like the first thing we sat down and asked each other was our astrology, and we immediately added each other on the CoStar app. Um, but my yes. sun sign is a Taurus. Okay, and yeah. what's your? How do you like? How do you feel about that? I actually love it. I feel really connected to it. Um, Tauruses love luxury and quality um and like hate things that are flimsy and superficial so Mm. if I think about that in terms of my like home decor style I hate Ikea and I hate you know things that can fall apart easily and that are made poorly and I love sourcing like beautiful vintage or artisan made items like artisan made ceramics I am a sucker for ceramics Um, And then Tauruses also have a big connection to the earth, which is cheesy as it sounds. My favorite smell is like wet earth, like going to Lincoln Park in West Seattle and going for a run. I love that or gardening. I just love that smell and like that connection to earth. Yeah. I mean, I feel like those things are um, 
I don't know. Those are pretty like deep aspects of living that Tauruses appreciate, it sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> since Taurus is an earth sign, I feel like they mm. can go deep and like are so connected to the physical world, if that makes sense. Um, but then another trait of Taurus is like being the bull. You're really headstrong and really opinionated. And like one reason that I like astrology is because you can learn a lot about yourself, including things that are maybe not so great or that could be worked on. And Liz and I always say like every sign there's a quote unquote evolved version and a quote unquote unevolved version. Um, and I can definitely see like some of the negative, um, headstrong aspects in myself. Like I definitely am working on holding space for like other points of view. Um, but yeah, I found astrology to be a good tool to like learn things about myself and call myself out. If that makes sense. Yeah, totally. I feel like I've understood more of kind of that with, um, the Enneagram. Totally. Yeah. Like the strengths being like the weaknesses, if one's not mindful of how it affects them, kind of. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, I think any tool, like astrology, Enneagram, Myers-Briggs, anything like that is such a good tool to get to know yourself better and for like some light self-improvement. Yeah, totally. And how you can relate to others, which I think is very important as well. Yeah, yeah, I was just talking with someone about how um, quarantine and like COVID season has also offered a lot of time, I think, for at least for me, for like self-reflection and for like more of that internal like understanding. <laughs> no, absolutely. I feel like my relationship with myself has grown so much in the past six months or whatever it's been at this point <laughs> since March. <laughs> yeah. Which is good because there's a lot of systemic, um, like more uh, understanding of like how we exist in systems, but then there's also like that internal side too. I feel like we need both. Totally. And I think like being forced to slow down or at least like retreat inward. I mean, I feel like I'm still just as busy as I was with work before, but I don't have like social obligations or anything anymore. And I feel like a lot of the world is experiencing this this time to slow down and mm-hmm. like focus on what what matters. And I think with the resurgence of the Black Lives Matter movement, people have really had the opportunity to like have no distractions. You know what I mean? No outside distractions and just yeah. get involved. And you know, it's like just I feel like everybody's empathy has been dialed up. And as much as like how horrible all of the losses with COVID, um, I think a good thing because there's good things that come out of everything. I think a good thing has been everybody's empathy has turned up and people are just listening more and learning more and taking the time to educate themselves more on all the things. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's a really like wonderful, hopeful way to see it. I, I think that's, yeah, that, that's, um, I think that's true actually. Like, yeah, I mean, um, yeah. And I'm glad that, I'm glad you're putting that energy out there because there's also kind of the other side of just like isolation, but there's a lot of opportunity too, like you're saying for, you know, greater understanding and stuff. Yeah. And I think everything is what you make of it. Like I definitely have days where I feel like terrible about, you know, like the isolation Mm -hmm. and all of that. But I, I do think I kind of am an optimist, um, in, in not in like a toxic, <laughs> toxic positivity way, but in the way that like I do try to like find the beauty and the positivity out of things. Oh, absolutely. Sense. Yeah. Yeah. And especially like with you being like a creative person, um, I know like this time has also been like, I don't know, for me with my podcast, like originally I was feeling like this lull and in inspiration and kind of eventually like I came back to like a bit more of the flow of like why I like enjoy it and it can it can really be fruitful if you like believe it to be an opportunity for something totally yeah I feel like at the beginning of this pandemic like things almost felt trivial in a Mm, way um (laughs) the beginning of the like COVID season this pandemic season um yeah things felt really trivial but I think like things like podcasts and photography and art, like all of that is also escapism, which if you look back through time, like like 
the Spanish flu and like world wars that a lot of great art and like a lot of great literature came from those times. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not saying that like my Instagram is great art or anything like that, but I mean, you know, I think I would say it is honestly, it's <laughs> really sweet. Thank you. Um, but I just mean like creating has always been a way to like grapple with the world around us and understand the world around us. And also to just be a form of positivity and escapism and mm. yeah, if that, I hope that makes oh. sense. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I mean, even for me, like as a nurse, like I think that I have just like grabbed on more to like the creative offerings that I've seen from like, I don't know, YouTubers and like Instagram vloggers and also like music artists because it's all just like really hopeful, especially like during this time. Totally, totally. How did, so um, how did you like first get into kind of creative fields and how were you led to to study um like art history and get into photography and all yeah so when I was a kid I had a great aunt named Anne and she was an art teacher and she used to at the end of the school year bring me shoe boxes like filled with art supplies so my like creative nature was fueled from a really long young age and then when I was probably five my parents gave me disposable cameras and I was obsessed with just like documenting the world around me. Um, And so that's, I think when I first like got into photography and I'd make like collages and scrapbooks as a kid. And then when I was in high school, I had an exchange student named Clara. She's still like one of my best friends to this day. Um, And she had a DSLR and we would take so many portraits of each other. So that's when I learned to use the camera and take a good photo. And yeah, I just fell in love with it. And then in college, I had a couple of really great mentors, um, Brianna and Cambria, and they both like were incredible wedding photographers and taught me so much. And then I just really fell in love with the art of just capturing people and capturing love. And yeah. Oh, that's so amazing. Thanks. Um, yeah, you're, um, that's really neat that like kind of these different people inspired you. Because I looked, you know, I looked into your wedding photography and um, I think I see a lot of like engagement photos that like are beautiful, you know, because like love is beautiful, but some can look, you know, sort of cliche. Yeah, totally. um, You, yeah, you really have an art for like capturing authenticity of what people can offer. Thank you. That's what I try to do. Like, I think a lot of photographers just like, have a set of poses or a set of or a set vibe in their head of what they want to do but for me it's more so about capturing images that the that look and feel like those specific clients like I'm all about having people like bring their dogs or if they have like a board game they love or an instrument they love um or a favorite place they love kind of doing that and kind of telling their story through the photos yeah absolutely um kind of also captures like more of a a moment in time I feel like if it shows sort of like a hobby they liked or something yeah totally I want it I want it to be images that they connect with right yeah so um so like kind of right now are you I know you have like your like photography going and then are you also doing like small business photography too I am. Yeah. So uh, there's one business in particular that I, particular that I do photography and social media for. Um, it's called Spruce Apothecary and it is a like lifestyle wellness and skincare. It's got a spa as well, like skincare studio as well. Um, and it's all oh, like wow. non-toxic and ethically made and sustainably made. And that's something I really connect with. Um, and that's been taking up a lot of my time right now, especially with, um, you know, the whole state of the world, things are changing like every day. Um, and so like, you know, with protocols, mask mandates, um, offerings, like, so that's, that takes up a lot of my time because it's changing. So like the world is changing so quickly. And so, yeah, the small business photography has been a big part of my life this season. Is Spruce Apothecary, it's located in Seattle, right? Yeah, it's down in West Seattle. 
Okay. So it's been sort of like trying to keep up with the the protocols and guidelines which the business is um, following in order to like stay open. Yes, totally. So um, right at the beginning of the pandemic, we always had dreams of like opening the web shop. Um, but right at the beginning, once everything shut down, like full quarantine, um, we launched an online shop like in like within like a week. Um, mm. So we would still be able to like, you know, stay afloat. Um, and then of course, like the spa room had to close. And then it was able to like open back up in some capacity with mask mandates. So launching new services and like, you know, launching services. Like if you can't get a facial because you've got a mask on, um, we like launched services that like a body treatment instead or like eyebrow treatments, stuff like that. Um, so it's been lots of photography for that, but which has been really fun. I also um, learned how to do video for that, which is a new thing for me. So yeah, a lot of small business photography. Yeah. So, I mean, it sounds like even though like technically the business maybe slowed down, like it was actually like kind of ramping up in terms of like how to make it work. <laughs> yes, totally. And I think that's been a cool thing. And again, like another cool thing that's coming out of this time is that businesses are being forced to adapt in pretty amazing ways. Um, yeah. And like people are being forced to grow and shift in ways that they maybe wouldn't have had to uh, in the first place. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. So then how has the wedding photography looked? So that's been weird. It's definitely been my slowest season that I've had since I started in 2013. Um, I have had a few like smaller, like smaller, like micro weddings or elopements. Um, But I would say most of my couples decided to postpone uh, Mm -hmm. until next year. Um, which has been good. And everybody that I have shot this season have all been really like respectful of the guidelines, like the COVID guidelines. So masks, distancing, sanitization, stuff like that. But it's been really interesting to see like, again, like at at first maybe you wouldn't want to get married like in the middle of a global pandemic, but like it's been kind of a cool way to see like that love really like prevails in a way yeah no absolutely yeah Um, I I feel like looking back like it would be really interesting like for a married couple to kind of remember the historical context of their wedding totally yes (laughs) absolutely and then like you know postpone your big party for a year or two out and just like have this like close intimate gathering right yeah, so that's been fun, um, but it's definitely been hard. It's hard to mm. shoot like a full wedding with a mask on because your like viewfinder fogs up from oh. your breathing. Um, but yeah, so it's been like weird challenges like that. But I have I'm really lucky. I have really wonderful clients that make it fun and safe. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Um, that like just staying creative with how to kind of make something work despite the challenges. I'm really like, that's awesome that you're doing that. Thanks. Thank you. Um, So I guess like since maybe the wedding photography bit like did slow down, um, seems like you have like a few other life projects that are like maybe more time has been opened up for those. Yes, totally. Which has been like another interesting side effect of this world that we're living in. Um, I am also a like a lifestyle blogger. I call myself a thoughtful lifestyle blogger. And then my girlfriend Liz and I just launched a YouTube channel this spring. So those both of those have been taking up quite a bit of my time. Sure. Um, can you tell me like a little bit about like thoughtful lifestyle and what that means to you? Yeah, definitely. So we live in this world that is like so fast paced and such a throwaway culture. Like somebody will buy a top for just like one night out or like your 12th pair of denim. Um, And we just live in such excess. And Mm -hmm. I don't think that people slow down and be mindful and thoughtful about like, where is your clothing coming from? Who's making it? What waste is being produced as a byproduct? How is this affecting our climate? How is it affecting the humans that are making it? Um, It can honestly be like 
a lot to wrap your head around. And so I think it's easier for people to just like kind of shut that off and just like shop fast fashion and just like, you know, shop at Target and all of those things. Um, and yeah, so to me, it's not necessarily about being perfectly sustainable or perfectly ethical or anything like that, but it's about like really slowing down and like thinking of all the hands that touched this and what the impact of this specific item is. Like, instead of being like, well, whatever, I want the H&M top for night out. Think like, okay, well, I don't need to, you know, buy something that's producing so much water waste that's like hurting our ecosystem, that's like a negatively impacting human lives because the people that are making to me like the thought of like the person that's making this like is this negatively impacting their life and with fast fashion the answer is yes um so yeah it's it's really about slowing down like thinking if you need it um can you get something that has the same feeling that is kinder to like the planet and people um and even then going all the way down to like as I just moved, so I'm like free furnishing my apartment. And as I like buy a cutting board, like what is this cutting board made out of? Is this plastic or is it recycled plastic? Like what am I putting on my, and working at Spruce, I've learned a lot about clean beauty and non-toxic skincare and thinking about like, what am I putting on my skin and what is the impact for our environment, for my personal health? And then same thing with cleaning my home. Like, am I using chemicals that will like end up in our waterways and like affect the animals of Puget Sound or am I using something that will you know actually make a positive impact so just yeah for me thoughtful lifestyle blocking is really just like slowing down and making those decisions um but also I try to keep in mind like sustainability is a privilege um and I really feel like it's important to recognize that um but also like if somebody can afford like Zara H&M Aritzia, then they can definitely afford to shop sustainably. So while it is a privilege, I feel like um, for people who can afford fast, a lot of fast fashion brands, you can make the switch. And it really is mostly just a mindset shift that I think needs to be made. Um, but yeah, so just trying to be thoughtful about where I'm at in my journey, where other people are at in their journey. Um, and I do love fashion. I think fashion is art. And I don't want to shove my yeah. like the minimalist label on myself or anything like that. I just want to give myself and others grace while still being thoughtful. I hope that made sense. I know that was a lot of word vomit, <laughs> but yeah. Oh no, not at all. I, yeah. I mean, I think that like what I noticed about you when I kind of like stumbled across your Instagram account um, was a few things. And I mean, first there was just like, your photography is beautiful and um I like I just loved like the vibe but then within that like I saw what you were talking about about not just like looking for like ethic ethically sourced um you know fashion and like standing up for like local businesses and paying attention to where where you're using your money even but also like that kind of like that idea of like slowing down enough and appreciating yeah. kind of the smaller things in order to um like be more thoughtful overall about your lifestyle I, I thought that really came across thank you I'm glad to hear that that came across because it's tough because I do love fashion and trends do excite me and there's always new trends and it's fun to play around with trends and prints and things like that but at the same time like slowing down and understanding like you don't need that new pair of denim, you know, like you don't need all of this excess and just like slow down and pick and choose what you want to invest in and make your clothes last. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, I have like been pretty into thrifting ever since I was like in high school and um, my sister is kind of like getting more into like the thrift flips. Oh, fun! Um, and I, yeah, I know that you like also kind of like played around with some of that same stuff, like with with fashion. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, in college, I had a senior thesis, and it was to I made a clothing line um, and called it JL Designs, which is really just my initials, but like 
spelled out as if it was one word. Um, oh, I see. Yeah. Um, the idea just like it came to me one night when I was sleeping in my college dorm room and I was like, oh my gosh. Um, but yes, that's where <laughs> the name of JL came from. And um, when around that time was the same time that I was like becoming more aware of climate change and like consumer choices and, um, you know, like being more thoughtful. I watched a documentary and I believe it was called The True Cost, but I Yeah, not... I, I know that one. Yeah, okay, so I think it was that one. This was ages ago. Um but yeah, so I watched that and it like blew my mind. Um I want to say it was 2015 or 2014 or 2015 probably that I watched it, maybe. That feels right to me. Um and the Bangladesh building collapse had just happened, I believe mm-hmm. in 2013. And that was when one of the major factories where lots of fast fashion brands, like all the big ones were produced and like hundreds of people died. Um, And it just, I had this moment where I was like, oh my gosh, like people are risking their lives to make that stupid $15 top, you know, yeah, um, that you're going to wear once. And so I decided like for my senior thesis to make this clothing line, but also have it have like kind of like a statement, almost like. A performance piece. Like I wasn't actually selling any clothing at this point. It was just, I was basically making clothes for myself and like made a little magazine to go with it. And it was my senior That's thesis. so cool. Thanks. Um, and yeah, so the reason I was using, the original reason I was thrift flipping was because when I was learning to sew, like that's all I could really afford. Like I couldn't afford to go out and spend money on brand new fabric. So I had always thrifted. I grew up thrifting. Um, and so I, that's just how I would practice to like learn different techniques. Um, but then as I like became more aware of everything, like all the impacts of fast fashion and everything, um, I learned that like the most sustainable garment that you have is the piece that you already have or the piece that like already exists. Um, and so, yeah, I thought, why not turn something old into something new? Um, so that's where I started JL, which I think is probably still linked in my Instagram bio. Um, and it, it's still a thing. Um, but I've kind of put my clothing line on hold like to balance wedding photography, small business photography, which <laughs> has been yeah, a lot. And then like I just moved in with my girlfriend and all of that stuff. Um, and I also was always photographing this stuff on myself because I can't, again, like it was such a baby business. Like I couldn't afford models or anything like that. Um, so I would just use a tripod and a remote and shoot on myself. But then I, I also kind of got thinking like, if I do it, drop another collection, I don't want to just be shooting on myself because I'm aware that I'm just like a petite white blonde girl and I make clothing for everybody. And I just don't think that just shooting it on myself is the best representation of what I'm making. Um, so when I do it again, I definitely want to, have my the images that I'm creating to go along with the pieces that I'm making um represent like what JL is all about which is really about you know it being for everybody um yeah but yeah my girlfriend and I are still into thrift flipping and thrift shopping um so we'll definitely share some videos about that on our YouTube channel but currently I'm not like selling clothing but I'm still making stuff sure yeah, that's, I mean, that's really exciting because it's, I, I feel like it really is like the same idea of like a mindset switch Totally. Um, to think about like the difference between fast fashion and just being able to like pick up something cute versus like thinking about like what you already have or like thrifting something or, or even looking into like sort of sourcing it more carefully carefully about like who's making making it before um before you buy it and it's it's not just like more ethical but I feel like there's sort of more beauty in in slowing that process down totally like fashion is such a wonderful thing like why not slow down and like really enjoy finding the perfect thing and that's like made with intention and care for people and the climate like it matters, you know? Um, and so why not just slow it down and enjoy it? (laughs) I thought. (laughs) Absolutely. No, I totally agree. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I know that your, your shop is like on hold, but, um, what, 
what you had kind of displayed in the past was like like so innovative and so gorgeous. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, I really, really love making clothes. Um, yeah. And I just wanted to note one thing about thrift shopping and thrift flipping. Like I think yeah. some people like have the idea that you can buy, like so the idea behind fast fashion, right. Is buying an excess and overbuying and buying things you don't need. Um, and then the idea behind being sustainable and ethical and all of that is about slowing down. But I think some people get tripped up when it's, thrifting it's like fast fashion prices essentially even cheaper and I Mm -hmm. think people still have that ethos sometimes with thrifting of still shopping in excess and I think that even if you're thrifting and the prices are low like one should still take that moment to slow down and still ask themselves like the same questions like do I need this um will I wear this will I love this and like yeah it's it's still the mindset like switch that needs to happen. I think, do you know what I, do you know what I mean? Like some people still, yeah. yeah, you still need to like, even if it is sustainable and even if it is thrifted, it's that same level of intention needs to be behind it. I think. Yeah, absolutely. And that could be like, um, I don't know, it can be challenging to be able to like, I guess like cultivate like, the vision of an outfit or like the wardrobe that one wants like in like some people have trouble finding those things totally and I I mean I feel the same like I feel like my personal style is like constantly evolving and I think that's okay um but yeah I just think like reevaluating your wardrobe and wearing things different ways um can be really fun and really rewarding and then if something you know if something's ripped or stained like repair it and you know don't impulse buy those are kind of my ways that I keep myself in check, like repairing things that are ripped or stained. Um, yeah. I'm like, you know, still have fun with trends, but just be mindful and thoughtful. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, that's, that's awesome. I'm all about it. Still like on the path to figuring out like sometimes how, um, I don't know how to do it right, I guess. No, it's so hard. And I don't even know if there is a right way. I just, yeah, I don't even know if there is a right way. (laughs) But yeah. Absolutely. Um, How did you first like learn how to sew? Sorry if you kind of already said that. No, I don't don't think I did. Um, I just really wanted to. And then my grandparents are so amazing and they gifted me a sewing machine and then I just taught myself. I just, yeah, I like I had some things I wanted to alter, like dresses I wanted to hem, things like that. And so I started off with stuff like that, and then um, just kind of got into sewing. Mostly YouTube tutorials, honestly. I don't mm-hmm. even have a certain person in mind. I would just like Google like, if I wanted to learn how to sew a buttonhole. Like I would just Google that, or like if I wanted to like take something in on the sides. I would just Google that and pull up a YouTube tutorial. Um, so yeah, just kind of taught myself. Yeah, that's fantastic. Thanks. Um, did you ever have like something that you attempted to make and you were just like, oh, this didn't turn out like how you were hoping or was it usually like pretty successful there at the beginning? No. Oh my goodness. No, I literally, like so many things didn't work out. Um, and then I just kind of would like keep working or like make something smaller because you know because if I, if I screwed up a piece of fabric instead of letting it go to waste I would just like make a like if I was making a dress and I screwed up the fabric I would like make it into a top instead you know something like that but okay. I still have like I have a bin under my bed that has like a lot of the fails um that I'm sure someday I'll get back to um but there's definitely things that did not work out and I think that's yeah I think that's part of it and that also makes it more rewarding when things do work out to like you know feel accomplished absolutely um and maybe I don't know I feel like with fashion like my understanding is that I mean it's just like so like culturally mediated like what's in trend and what's fashionable totally so you could I don't know, maybe look back in that bin and have new inspiration to like 
make a fail into something cute. <laughs> yes, totally, totally. Right, no, totally. I definitely like reevaluating things. And I feel like I've like had pieces that I've kind of flipped and then flipped again and, you know, turned dresses from a few years ago into tops because I'm not into like the cut of the dress anymore, but still like the sleeves, things like that. Um, yeah, it's a fun skill to have um, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how, I mean, you've kind of already spoken to this, but like, how do you think that, um, like other people might, um, like what practical steps would you give somebody who was trying to slow down their fashion? Yeah. So when I first wanted to, I honestly put myself on like a six month spending ban and didn't like for six months, didn't go shopping for anything other than essentials, like home, like, you know, essential stuff. Just no, no clothing for six months. Um, I think I bought like a winter coat in that time because I didn't have a winter coat. But other than that, um, yeah, I just put myself on a six months, six months spending ban, which sounds crazy. But as we know right now, six months actually goes by pretty quick. Um, (laughs) now that it's six months into a pandemic and it's gone by pretty quick. Um, but yeah, so putting yourself on a spending ban because that gives you time to like slow down, reevaluate and rewear things. Another thing I do is I flip, if I'm ever feeling like I need a closet refresh, I flip the hangers backwards. So instead of, you know, like the hook that goes over the bar, flipping that, that flipping all the hangers backwards. So the hook is facing me. You know what I mean? Yes. And then um, every time I wear something, I flip the hanger around. So then at the end of the six months, anything that I haven't flipped, like haven't flipped the hanger around on means I haven't worn that garment in six months. And obviously some things like winter coats, summer dresses, like you might not wear in that six month span. But a lot of it, um, if you're not wearing it, it means you don't love it. And it might be time to either upcycle it, donate it, give it to a friend, um, sell it on Depop. Um, yeah. And then like, if you realize like you haven't worn any of your dresses, but you're still a dress person and you just don't like any of your dresses at that point, then like allow yourself to like, you know, start searching for that dress that you will love and that you will wear. So those are two steps. So yeah, like a spending ban and then flipping your hangers. That sounds like such a helpful strategy because then you could really identify like what gaps actually exist in your wardrobe that you might need to fill. Yes, totally. And then once I like let myself <laughs> like start shopping again, first of all, I saved so much money. Um, and then I kind of like would give myself like a actual budget. Like, okay, this season you can buy like two new fun pieces as long as you know that you'll wear them beyond this season. And um, yeah, thrift first and then check out sustainable brands. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that sounds like such a good strategy. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. I also think journaling helps because you can kind of get to the bottom of your, like, why do you feel the need to like have this excess and like writing it all out and you realize how silly it sounds and how like deep you are into this capitalistic society mm. as to like why you you think you need the things that you don't actually need. Um, but also like getting things because you want them is fine too, but just, you know, be thoughtful. Absolutely. And I don't know for anybody who's trying to figure out more about their personal style. Yeah. Um, that approach also seems really helpful. Totally. And I think like as cheesy as it is, for figuring out your personal style, like Pinterest can be really helpful. Um, just like creating like a few different boards of your dream style, like the different styles that are floating around in your head and then like start pinning and see what clicks for you. Yeah. Do you find that, um, do you feel like you've kind of reached that like, <laughs> like actualized personal style or do you feel like that's kind of this work in progress that you're still discovering. Yeah, I think it's a work in progress. And I also don't know if anybody actually reaches it. Like, I just don't know if anybody actually does. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I, I don't think I've reached it yet. And I don't know if I will because I, I mean, I definitely know what I like and I definitely know what I don't like, but I also like to like have fun and mix things up. Um, Yeah. And then I also think 
Liz's style has influenced my style a lot, which is kind of interesting. Like I think um, relationships and friendships definitely impact style in kind of a cool way. Um, Yeah. That's so fun. Yeah, it's great. Moving in with Liz, my closet literally doubled, which has also been so great. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know, that sounds kind of like cute to figure out like the ways that her her style is impacting yours. Yes, and vice it's versa. so cute. So before her and I even dated, she like, I kind of like released some of the girliness of her style and was kind of more like a tomboy style. Not like full like football player tomboy, but like less dresses and stuff like that. Um, and so when I was helping her move, like clear out her closet, she had these dresses that she just hadn't worn in ages. And so I inherited a lot of her old like realization par dresses and things like that, which was really fun. Um, but then I'm also finding myself like wearing her sweaters and like her button ups and stuff like that. Um, but like pairing them with like a slip dress, which is more my style. Um, yeah. It's just, it's like Liz and Juliet, like, combine into, like, this, like, symbiotic fashion. Yes, totally. (laughs) Totally. It's funny. Her and I have, like, the same style, but it presents in different ways. Like, hers is, like, a little bit more, like, playful, playful tomboy, like, Amsterdam girl. (laughs) And I feel like mine is more, like, Parisian, but, like, south of French South South of France <laughs> cottage sort of vibe. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I've noticed like you have like some like fun, colorful dresses, and like, do you have like a pair of like tall white boots or something? Oh my gosh, I do, and they are my favorite thing I own. I do. They're, they're super fun. They're by the brand Paloma Wool, which is a sustainable company. It's uh, The boots were definitely more on the pricey side, but I ended up finding them on Depop. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> it, it was such a steal. And it was still, like, a little bit more than I think I would have spent on a pair of shoes. But I wear them so often. And, like, every time I do, I just feel so confident. And I think that's how your clothes should make you feel. Like, you should feel confident and you should feel good in your clothes. Um, so it was definitely worth it, the splurge, but I love them and definitely recommend that brand big time. That's so great. Yeah. Oh, and to go back to your question about like steps somebody can make to like have a more sustainable wardrobe. Mm-hmm. Um, I think getting your friends involved can be fun to do for sure. Like I feel like my friends and I are always like, every time we hear about a new sustainable brand, we're texting each other. Um, and I think at this point, my friends know not to text me links to Zara items they like because I would never guilt trip like the general public, but I'll definitely like, <laughs> like kind of take the mickey out of my friends if they're like, I like this Zara dress. I'm like, mm, well, you know, you can find it on Depop or something like that. That's um, true. Yeah. But like just getting, getting your friends involved. I think when you're entering any sort of endeavor, um, it's fun to get friends involved. And then I definitely love a good clothing swap. Um, from a pre-COVID world, hopefully we'll be able to gather again soon. But um, if you have a group of friends with similar different styles get together and all bring clothing that's just sitting in their closet that they're not wearing and kind of separate it into piles and just do a clothing swap and, you know, like just trade items, swap items. Um, Yeah. That's always fun too because that is so cute. That's such a good idea. Yes. And then you get like, it's free, you know, you're just getting rid of your things you don't want and you're getting new things you do want and it's all free. And then at the end of the night, like whatever's not claimed, you can go ahead and donate or list on a Depop or, you know, I love the idea of like having everyone over doing the swap and then the items that are left, somebody volunteering to sell them on Depop. And then the money that you make like off of selling them on Depop, you can like buy some really nice wine for your next get together with these friends, you know? That is, yeah, that's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause then it's like, not like this weird thing of like making money or, you know, like, mm. you know, it's just more about like expanding your closet, sharing yeah. things with your friends. Yeah. Extending the lifestyle of the life cycle, extending the life cycle of clothing. <laughs> sure. 
And then you can buy a really good bottle of natural wine with whatever the money you make is from what you spit, sell on Depop. <laughs> I remember having clothing swaps when I was like a little girl with my friends. Oh, I love that. When I was like nine or 10, like my mom would suggest it. And I kind of forgot about it. <laughs> I love that. I feel like we should bring them back. I think, you know, like at one point you liked whatever you bought, right? But right now it's not serving you. And then it'd be so fun. It's like so fun to see your friend wearing something that was once yours. It's like such a cute connection point. Totally. Yeah. So I've noticed that um, throughout kind of our conversation, like I also sell on Depop sometimes. Not always very successful, but I try. I'm so bad at it. (laughs) (laughs) But um, you haven't mentioned like donating old clothing items to like Goodwill or secondhand stores. Is there a reason for that? No, I think that was probably just me not being thorough. Um, No, I love donating. I also think if you are going to be shopping at thrift stores, it's really nice to donate as well to like sustain that ecosystem that you're purchasing from. Um, no, I love donating old clothes. Um, but I do, I'm a girl on a budget, so I love to try to sell things. Yeah. Um, for sure. But no, I love donating. And if I'm going to like a value village or whatever charity shop I may be going to, I do love to bring a bag of clothes with me. Um, for sure. Yeah. Me too. I was kind of just thinking about, I think I remember something from that documentary, documentary, The True Cost, about, um, how even with like goodwill, some things can still end up. Um, some clothing can still and end up being wasted. Fill. Yeah, yeah. So they they have certain parameters for what they take. Um, and I don't totally know what they are. My brother used to work at a goodwill actually, and he would like oh. clue me into some things. But that was a while ago, so I definitely don't have them memorized. Um, but yes, yeah, so there's some things that they just won't take. Period. Right, and then after it's been in the store, after a certain, certain amount of time, it'll go to like a Goodwill outlet, which is like right. the bins, um, yeah. <laughs> which is so fun. Um, but after it's not sold there, they like always like, it's, it's a big greenwashing thing where they say they'll quote unquote recycle it. But um, it's actually very hard to recycle a garment. And a lot of it just ends up like you saw in the doc- documentary, um, either in a landfill or they ship it off to other countries And it ends up in a landfill there. So it's not even like Mm. what you bring to Goodwill in Seattle ends up in a landfill in Seattle. What you bring to Goodwill in Seattle will end up in a landfill in like Bangladesh or, you know. So frustrating. It's so frustrating. So that I do think is a a good reason to like sell things or have a clothing swap because you know it's like going to an individual who really wants it. But then at the same time, um, a lot of charity shops and Goodwill shops and thrift stores um, definitely benefit like lower income communities. And so mm-hmm. bringing your nice pieces there too is also wonderful because it's giving somebody a chance to like experience these new pieces. Um, somebody who may otherwise not have been able to afford it. I've also seen a lot about the gentrification of thrift stores and girls mm-hmm. that like go and buy a bunch of things and then mark it up like to an insane amount online, um, which yeah. I don't think is okay. Again, if you're going to be shopping at a thrift store, again, you still have to be mindful. It doesn't mean you can like buy an excess. Um, but at the same time, like thrift stores aren't going to run out of clothing because they literally throw away like tons of clothing each week. Um, so that's a, that's a tough one for me, but yeah, I hope that made sense. Yeah, no, it does. I mean, I think I've seen actually one, of one of, um, one of the bands who I featured them on my podcast, um, they're called Byland, and it was really awesome because for their for their merch, they got a bunch of thrifted like button up shirts. They thrifted all of their their um their oh, merch I love shirts. That yeah, instead of getting new t shirts, and then they like imprinted like a hand painted logo onto their shirts. I love that. See, that's amazing because most merch is like a Hanes t shirt that was made by like a child slave. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, and each each one is like unique and it's also sustainable. I I got so excited. <laughs> yeah, that's so cool. I'm gonna have to look into that. You said it was byland, like by land. Yeah, it's okay, cool. one word, byland. Oh cool. Um, yeah, they're very good and I feel like yeah, other um bands or like 
things that need to be promoted with merch could take cues from just like how available like t-shirts are at like thrift shops. And I feel like the t-shirts and the button-ups at thrift shops, there are so many, like that has to be a large number. And I know like a lot of t-shirts and button-ups end up at like the bins or like the Goodwill Mm -hmm. outlets. Um, so yeah, I feel like that's great. I love that. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned about your new YouTube channel with Liz and I've honestly really enjoyed watching it. (laughs) Thank you. That makes me so happy. It's really, really fun. Yeah. So what's that been like for, um, for, for you and, um, starting that with Liz? Yeah, it's been really fun. So Liz has always been really into YouTube. She actually had a YouTube channel when she was in high school. I don't know if it still exists, but, um, she loves YouTube and, So we decided to do it together because she's definitely an ideas person and I'm definitely like a motivator. Um, And so doing it together, like we've been able to like motivate each other and like brainstorm and have a lot of fun with it. Um, And we also both have a lot of friends near and far. So it's also been a nice way to keep in touch with our friends near and far and keep people in the loop. Um, And we have like all of the same interests. It's actually crazy. Um, People are always like, date your best friend. And I'm like, no, literally I'm dating my best friend. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so that's been really fun. And she's actually the one who edits all of the videos. um, And she's teaching me how to edit as well. But she taught herself. They're really beautifully done editing wise. Thanks. Yeah, she taught herself in like one evening. She watched a 30 minute YouTube video on how to use Adobe Premiere. And then just like, now she knows how to use it. It's insane. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. So um what was kind of your your collective vision for yeah. the channel? So we both are really into like this whole thoughtful lifestyle and um slow fashion and we're both really into fashion. So definitely sharing a lot about that. Um and also because we moved, we're really into like home decor DIYs. So there's a lot of that coming. Um, Mm. And just like making beautiful food and going to the farmer's market and just sharing a little bit about our life um, in general. And then Liz, I'm sure has like a million ideas that I'm forgetting, but (laughs) yeah, it's been really fun. Like some weekly vlogs and stuff like that, just to give people like a little glimpse into our life. And also as cheesy as it may sound, I remember when I was on my like coming out journey watching mm. lesbian youtubers made oh, yeah. me realize that it was like normal <laughs> like not weird what I was feeling um because I remember like in high school there was two lesbians at my school and they were lovely ladies but like they were both like into anime and things that I wasn't into and I like my little 16 year old self was like well I'm not into anime so I'm and I'm not into like comic books. So I must not be a lesbian because the two (laughs) lesbians I know is what they're into and I'm not, so I must not be, you know? And like, and then there's like, of course, so many stereotypes in the media Mm -hmm. and none of it. I'm not a tomboy. I, you know, I'm so girly. Like I've never even seen like a femme lesbian until I saw them on YouTube. And I was like, Oh, like this, I, Okay, yeah, no, this being (laughs) gay has nothing to do with your like extracurricular uh, interests or the way you dress or the way you wear your hair. Um, and so our hope too, is that people seeing Liz and I, like it can help, even if it just helps like one little high schooler be like, Oh, okay. Like I can, I connect with these two girls and I like see myself in them and okay, maybe, maybe my sexuality is valid. I, we've even gotten like really sweet Instagram DMs from, girls who are like, I'm like not safe to come out at home yet, but like watching your videos gives me a lot of hope. So yeah. That's so powerful. It's crazy. The first time we got a message like that, we w- literally sobbed for like two hours. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. It's, I think it's just cool. Like I think lesbian YouTube is cool because there's so many of us and we are all so different and hopefully nobody, <laughs> no other high schooler will be like, shoot, well, I don't have short hair. Guess I can't be a lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, I, I agree. Like there's a lot of like, there's a lot of queer YouTubers like who run the gamut of like, um, there's like a lot of different content out there, but I, yeah. I see like a really important place for you and Liz there. 
So thanks. <laughs> thanks. My friends call us fashion lesbians, which just cracks me up, but I actually also love it. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, there's, yeah. I mean, you know, there's like so many stigmas, so it's nice to just be ourselves authentically. Absolutely. And even just kind of like disrupt stereotypes, which like some of them are jokes, but some of them totally. are like toxic jokes. Like, totally. I feel like you guys kind of played off of like the U-Haul stereotype. Yes. Like <laughs> really exceptionally. Thanks. Well, we literally did. Well, I guess we technically didn't literally U-Haul because we had been dating for quite some time before we moved in together, but we really did rent a U-Haul and move in to- together, I guess faster than my straight friends move in with their partners. But yeah, no, I agree. There's definitely some funny stereotypes and then there's some that are more damaging. Um, yeah, but even with that one, I feel like you guys kind of like poke, poked fun at the fact that you were like, we're a couple, like we've been together and now we're moving in. And <laughs> it, yeah, it was just really brilliant to me. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you so much. Well, it was fun. Moving in with Liz has like been the best part of my year, maybe even life, <laughs> not to be dramatic, but yeah. Yeah, well, um, I mean, building a home with somebody is, that should be one of the most exciting parts of your life. So yeah, doesn't sound dramatic to me. Thank you. <laughs> um. Well, okay. Very exciting about the YouTube. I'm looking forward <laughs> to further videos. Thank you. It's very fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there anything else that like you wanted to share about relating to like the thrifting, the YouTube, the photography? Yeah. Um, I think I just would love to share some other folks in the sustainability space whose perspectives I really love. And so maybe yeah. listeners of your podcast who connected with this episode would want to follow them as well, um, just to like yeah. get more perspective. Oh, that's great. Okay, cool. So do you care if I just go ahead and share some names? Yeah, that'd be awesome. Okay, well, my girlfriend Liz, obviously, <laughs> her handle yes. is LizW206. Um, and then another content creator who I love, love is Jasmine Rogers and her handle is, um, that curly top. Um, like the three words. That's such a cute name. (laughs) It's so cute. And if you don't follow her, you should, she's like the cutest person. Um, and then there's, what was her handle again? That curly top. Are you typing it in right now? I love it. (laughs) (laughs) And then, um, the next one is, um, Erica and she's a local Seattle gal and she's just so cool. Her handle is Erica E thrifts, like thrifts as in like thrift shops. Um, okay. Yeah. And then Natalie gray is another wonderful local gal. And then it's Natalie with two eyes. Because I think that Natalie with one eye was already taken. And then just gray, like the color. Okay. And then um, a couple more. Aditi Mayer. I believe I'm saying her name right. I googled the pronunciation. But I also feel like it's a name that could be pronounced a few different ways. So I'll spell it out for you. It's A-D-I-T-I-M-A-Y-E-R. And she posts a lot about climate change and sustainability and I've learned so much I haven't even been following her for long Liz just recently showed her to me but I love her page um and then you can also like include as many of these as you want you can edit it to make it less if you want I have a few more (laughs) um Summer Dean and her handle is Climate Diva um Leah Thomas and hers is Green Girl Leah Leah with an H at the end oh yeah Um, I follow her She's so cool. I mean, all of these folks are so cool. And then um, Aurora James, she's the one who owns Brother Veli's and started the 15% pledge. And I just have learned so much from following her. And I think probably a lot of people already do because she's a pretty big deal. Like she was just in the cover of Vogue. But oh my God. if you're not following her, she's, I don't know. She's also very like all about intentionality. She like posts her morning coffee to her story and just like, it's like a slow, nice mo- moment and She's very, very cool. And then I also recently discovered Chelsea Parcell, um, who posts a lot about shopping secondhand, and her handle is C-H-E-S-S-I. And those are the big ones. Oh, and then 
in like the food <laughs> space, sorry. Yeah. You can include as many of these as you want or whatever. No, um, this is great. <laughs> is Pomelo Seattle. And I think it's Pomelo like the fruit or whatever. P-O-M-E-L-O Seattle. And they post about climate change and racial injustice specifically in like food and wellness. And they're local and they, in a pre-COVID world, they were hosting events and yeah, so if you want to learn more about the topics that I talked about today, these are the folks that I would follow. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing your recommendations. It's, of course. It's definitely nice to get a well-rounded um, perspective on, especially with the sustainability yeah, side of things. totally, totally. Because I'm definitely not an expert and I'm definitely not perfect at it, but a lot of these people like share really great resources. That's so awesome. And I'll... Um, yeah, I mean, I could even just tag those people in the podcast notes so that listeners can check them out. Amazing. And of course, ch- check you and Liz out on Instagram you. and on your YouTube. Yes, that would be awesome. Yeah, it's been so much fun. Totally. Well, um, thank you so much for sharing with me, Juliet. This has been a lovely conversation. Thanks for having me. It's been so fun. <laughs> You're so welcome. I want to thank Juliet again for talking with me on the podcast and thank Zahara for featuring her new single, Lip Locked. Um, please go check both of them out. They're such inspiring ladies and I'm just so gifted to share their art through this podcast. Um, I also just really want to encourage folks who are listening to consider um, donating to the Bail Project, which is going to be supporting um, bail in Louisville, Kentucky, especially important right now during a time of protest um, following the lack of indictment of the officers in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, please see my the podcast notes for the link so that you can donate if that's within your means. Otherwise, um, I am hoping for many fall blessings of huga and love for all of you. Bless. Oh, baby, what a pleasure. This night's getting better and better. No place that I'd rather be for sure. I'm thinking that. Come on.